0: make some adjustments here be right with you Got do some things here. Cool. hello again this is video number twelve in our study of the first epistle of John and we are nearing the end of chapter two the first epistle of John is not a large book in the Bible it only has five chapters and we will now take a look at verse 24 of the second chapter So, from the King James Version, we read, Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. The first part of this verse, Let that therefore abide in you, what ye have heard from the beginning. Now, the word that, let that therefore abide in you, we are supposed to let something abide in us and that something is described as what we have heard from the beginning. This means that we are to let God's Word abide in us. John was telling Christians then and John is telling Christians now to let God's Word abide in you. Let God's Word take up dwelling in you. Let God's Word stand firm in you. God's Word does not change and this verse tells us also That what we are to let abide in us is what we have heard from the beginning. This is not referring to the beginning as in the beginning of the book of Genesis. This is not referring to something you have heard outside of God's word that claims the authority of God's unchangeable word while at the same time trying to destroy the true gospel. John is telling Christians to stick with the word that they had originally received to stick with the doctrine of true Christianity and not to follow any teachings that strayed from the true doctrines that they were originally taught, which ye have heard from the beginning. Refers to the doctrine these new Christians were taught at the beginning of their Christian experience. As we have already found out through our studies there were men that came into the new churches and taught the poison of false doctrine to new Christians. These teachers of false doctrines were antichrists. They were opposed to truths in God's word having to do with Jesus. In our study we have also learned that these antichrists still exist today. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father." There is something you and I can do to ensure that what we have heard from the beginning does remain in us. There is something we can do to ensure that God's Word dwells within us, and we are doing that something right now at this very moment. We are studying God's Word. We are reading God's Word. And as stated in this verse, if we do allow God's Word to dwell in us, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. Why is this so? In the book of St. John, chapter 10 and verse 30, God's word declares, I and my Father are one. And the book of St. John, chapter 1 and verse 1, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In Romans, chapter 10, verse 17, we are told, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And we've heard these verses before, but we need to hear them over and over again. So let's read once more our study verse from the first epistle of John, chapter 2 and verse 24. And perhaps it will mean a little bit more to us after having delved into it with a little effort and curiosity and desire to learn. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. We need to read God's word in order to stay strong. We must take the time to do so. There are many things that work against us taking time to read God's word each day. Let's fight that. Now let's take a look at verse 25. First John chapter 2 verse 25. And this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. John encourages believers with these words in verse 25, We must hold on to Bible truth. We must keep in our hearts and minds the truths concerning the incarnation and the virgin birth of God's Son. If we do so, there is a promise, and the promise is from God to us. And the promise is that we shall have eternal life. Eternal life is the result of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and realizing that we have sinned and repenting of those sins and receiving Jesus. How do you receive Jesus? You receive Jesus by faith. Remember one of the Bible verses that we have already visited Romans 10:17. so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There are many people who run mentally and perhaps run physically as well when they hear such words as repent and receive Jesus. Many people don't want to hear such words. Perhaps they are tired of hearing these words or perhaps they think there is something kind of some kind of mystery that they are just not willing to grasp or wrestle with when it comes to receiving Jesus as their Savior. Perhaps they think that Christians are a strange lot so they just don't want to have anything to do with them. Perhaps they think that Christians are imperfect. Perhaps a Christian did them wrong at some time so they don't want to be like that person. Things of this sort are nothing more than excuses when you really look at it because receiving Jesus as your Savior has nothing to do with the actions of someone else unless you allow that to be the case. People are people and people have faults. Christians are people and like everyone else they will do some things wrong. If you are looking at what is wrong with people and that is the standard you use to determine how you will respond to God's word. You are hurting yourself. Even though we are in verse 25 of the second chapter of the first epistle of John, I want to read from another book in the Bible and see if we can make a link to what we are studying. I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and read verses 3 and 4. They read as such, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them." The God of this world mentioned here is Satan. Satan is not some vague electromagnetic impersonal dark matter mist that floats around ruining your day and making the lettuce go bad in your refrigerator. Satan is a real personality and Satan has agents working for him and working against God and God's Word in ways that we cannot even begin to grasp. Satan can influence men in ways that we can perhaps sometimes understand and also in ways that we may not understand. So at this point you might be wondering what 2 Corinthians verses 3 and 4 has to do with our study of the 25th verse of the second chapter of the first epistle of John. And that would be just fine. Questions can be good. Now I will read our study verse again. First Epistle of John chapter 2 verse 25. And this is the promise that He hath promised us even eternal life. Do not deprive yourself of eternal life by turning away from God's Word. Do not deprive yourself of eternal life because you look at men and then decide not to put your faith in God's Word because of the actions or conduct of others. Don't let the God of this world blind you to the truth of God's Word by helping you or encouraging you or causing you to reject God's Word because someone else who may or may not be a Christian did something that was wrong or did something that wronged you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18 from the New International Version reads, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen for what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. First epistle of John 2.25 And this is the promise that He hath promised us, even eternal life. Now verse 26. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. John is writing this letter to Christians concerning people that seduce them. In other words, John is writing this letter to Christians concerning those people who seek to deceive them. Now let's look at verse 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. In verse 27 here, I want to look first at the word anointing. A simple meaning of this word can be the smearing on of oil, such as the anointing of a king or a priest. The use of the word anointing here in verse 27 only alludes to that activity, but more specifically in this verse it refers to an anointing that the Christians John is writing to actually experienced outside of physical smearing on of oil. These Christians had received the Spirit. John says, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. Let's read from the book of St. John, chapter 14 and verses 16 through 20. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you for ever. even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall also live. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you." It is very important for us to read and study God's Word, as we have already read in this study, Romans ten seventeen, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The Holy Spirit can work in us, but we have to be receptive of God's Word. Okay, we are on verse 27, and I want to read it again so that we can work a little deeper into the verse. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Ye need not that any man teach you. This makes reference to things having to do with Christianity. The deep matters of God are not received by Christians through our human wisdom. The deep matters of God are not received by Christians through our human ability. The deep things within God's Word are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. In order to attain a deeper understanding of God's Word, we must keep ourselves immersed in God's Word. It is not impossible for a Christian to do things which can prevent that person from gaining a deeper understanding of God's Word. It is good to have teachers that teach God's Word because we can be taught how to study and we can be taught that we should study God's Word, but the deeper truths are revealed to us through the power of the Holy Spirit working within us. Now let's read our verse once again, verse 27, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. The Holy Spirit guides Christians to truth, imparting to us the ability to know, to know what is truth and what is error. And ye need not that any man teach you. If we study God's word and remain receptive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, no man will be able to deceive us and teach us error because we will not be deceived so as to stray away from the truth of God's word. Now let's read verses 28 and 29 and now little children abide in him that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming if ye know that he is righteous ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him verse 28 tells us to remain in the Lord and we will have no reason to be ashamed when he returns verse 29 could be a little difficult to understand if it was just taken just read over quickly and not looked at in his proper context. I'm not saying that everybody should would have trouble with it, but let's go ahead and take a look at it anyway. Verse 29. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Everyone that doeth righteousness refers to Christians, true believers in Jesus Christ. There are certain things that identify believers, true believers. True believers stand out from the rest of the world for various reasons. Without trying to go over all of the reasons that a true believer in the Lord stands out from the rest of the world, we will look at one of those things here, namely, the believer's heart. The believer's heart is surrendered to Jesus. In Romans chapter 10 verse 10 we read, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The same verse in the New American Standard Version reads, For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. There are many things that mark a Christian as different from the rest of the world, and that can be a study in itself. This will end this clip number 12 here, and we have finished with chapter 2 of the first epistle of John. I hope you'll be here again as we move on to chapter 3, and I thank you for listening. Thanks again.